Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's right. Bear down, Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you, and I am joined by Jacob Infanti, the Windy City Gridiron Senior Draft Analyst. I'm sure you all follow him on Twitter already. Great insight throughout the draft season, and he joins us now to talk about the Bears selection at 10 after a one-spot trade down from 9 to 10, pick up a 2024 fourth from the Eagles, pass on Jalen Carter, and take Tennessee right tackle, Darnell Wright. We're going to break it down with Jacob right now. Jacob, Bill Zimmerman, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, definitely didn't see this exact uh, situation coming. I I knew the Bears could be in the market for Darnell Wright. Uh, I didn't expect them to trade down one pick and end up with him. And the way that the draft's fallen so far, I didn't necessarily expect either, but uh, I'm happy with the pick. I think that, you know, you needed an offensive tackle, right? Uh, you know, really just fits uh, everything that the Bears are trying to establish, not just in their offensive line, but in the culture in general. All right. Well, let's kind of talk about how, how this developed and, and kind of what went down within within the top 10. A lot of movement. The Texans going crazy, coming up to two and three and, and taking a quarterback and getting Will Anderson. And, and then you kind of thought Jalen Carter might go to Seattle. They just decide to go another another route. Arizona moves up, takes Paris Johnson. So that's the first offensive lineman off the board. I'd be very curious if Paris Johnson was there at nine, had the Bears done something a little differently. But then, of course, let's let's talk about this angle first. So that Jalen Carter falls to nine, and he's there. Ryan Poles clearly uncomfortable about something. So for you personally. If, if you had an opportunity to make this pick, would you have gone Jalen Carter over Darnell Wright or was the offensive line need too much? So me personally, I probably would have gone Carter over Wright. That said, I'm not in there in the war room. I'm not talking with Jalen Carter. I don't know him as a person. So clearly there's, well, like you mentioned, they didn't feel comfortable enough to take him. Otherwise, I mean, they would have. Uh, so with that in mind, I think that, you know, moving back one spot, getting a future fourth round pick, I mean, that's all good in my eyes. Uh, again, I think Carter was the second best overall player in this class, even when I factor in the off the field stuff into my grade for him. But with that in mind, is that with your first, first round pick that you ever have as general manager of an NFL team, is that what you want to tie your legacy to? Uh, I'm not necessarily sure. I think this is a perfect landing spot for Carter in Philadelphia, personally, coming into such a, you know, a dominant established culture. I think that's going to be fantastic for him. And that was a very good move by the Eagles. But if the Bears, you know, they clearly don't 
feel comfortable enough to take him. Otherwise, I feel strongly they would have. Otherwise, you know, that's how the Bears ended up here. And I'm okay with that. Uh, Just simply because I don't know all the details. It's tough for me to determine super accurately exactly is this a good move? Is this a bad move? I don't know because I don't know who Jalen Carter is. I don't know him as a person. I don't know him as a, a teammate, whatever. Uh, but I do know that Darnell Wright's a very good player. So with, with all that said, I think that's, uh, you know, it worked out well for Chicago and I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to play it off and uh, see what happens. Yeah. And, and this is why, Howie Roseman has become such a great general manager. And look, you're right. Jalen Carter has issues. Jalen Carter may not pan out for Philadelphia, but this is a Philadelphia Eagles team that won the NFC. They're the second best team in the NFL. And because of a trade they made last year and then being able to make a little bit of a maneuver here, they come out and get arguably the best talent in the draft. And that is why the Eagles are going to continue to be a force in the, in the NFC. But let's talk offensive line really quick Uh, for you in your offensive line rankings. I know you're, you're a big fan of Darnell Wright and we'll get into what Wright brings to the table, but offensive line rankings, where did you have him amongst the tackles in terms of, you know, the potential selection there? So I had Darnell Wright as tackle three in this class. And so I had Paris Johnson as my tackle one. And obviously he was the first tackle off the board. I had Broderick Jones out of Georgia slightly ahead of Darnell Wright. Uh, So just because I think there's more athletic upside there. So he was slightly higher in my rankings, but it's not enough of a difference that I'm irate that they went with Wright over Jones. You know, it's so it's apples and oranges. It's just a matter of what kind of offensive tackle you like more. And I mean, Wright having played more right tackle, having that experience, I think that, you know, probably played a role into it because he's going probably going to slide into right tackle. So uh, yeah, I had Wright as tackle three, uh, then Skaronsky I had at guard. So, you know, he doesn't factor into those positional rankings there, but uh, yeah. I'm I'm definitely a fan of Wright, like you said. I think that you know he's going to step in right away and start, and I think he has a capability to do it at a very high level. All right. So before we get to Wright, you mentioned Peter Skaronsky, and we know a lot of Chicago Bears fans and Chicago Bears media have yeah. been pounding the table for Peter Skaronsky. We know the length issue; the arm length just isn't there. We know that would make him, uh, you know, the outlier at tackle if he was a successful tackle. You know, you mentioned you had him at guard. You thought he needed to bump inside. Do you think ultimately that was the issue that that you know bumped Skaronsky below right or maybe off the board completely was the length issue? I do, yes, and I think that you're looking at Skaronsky. He's a guy with really good tape. I think he's technically sound. He's a good strength, good athlete intelligent player uh he's got the nfl lineage if that's something you're looking for in your uh in your nfl players but yeah i think it comes down to length and realistically i i i just i'm gonna speculate i don't want to point fingers but i do find it kind of interesting that a lot of the media types uh pounding the table for skaronsky to be a chicago bear have some sort of ties to the Northwestern program <laughs> or university. I'm not going to say that's 100% the case. I just think there's a trend there. But anyway, 
Uh, yeah, Skaronsky is an incredible talent. He's a hell of a football player. I think he's going to be a very good starter at the NFL level. I just think that's going to be a guard. And at that point, you know, guard isn't as valuable of a position in today's NFL as tackle. So it ultimately comes down to that. And the lack of arm length, he doesn't have the measurables to project as a safe bet at tackle, at least at the next level. All right, let's jump in the Darnell, right? Um, I think for me, when I watch tape, and obviously I, I don't watch at the level you do, the thing that jumps off the page to me is how good of a pass blocker he is. He neutralized a lot of talented, talented edge players in the SEC, guys that we've seen already come, come off the board. And he did an outstanding job with that. Obviously, big physical specimen too, which you think should help in the run game. I felt his his run blocking could use, you know, some some work. Obviously, you know, most rookies need some work. So kind of what was your overall view on Darnell Wright here? Yeah, I think that with Darnell Wright, you're looking at a guy with just an insanely powerful anchor. Really, it comes down to that. Uh, someone who just absorbs power incredibly well, packs a mean punch at the point of attack. I'd say he might be the strongest offensive tackle just from a play strength perspective that this class has to offer. So you're looking at that. You mentioned he's played really well against high end competition. I mean, it's the SEC. Like you're not, you're not necessarily going against future accountants over here. You know, these are NFL guys. So the power stands out just, and I think the size plays a big role in that. Like he got listed, I want to say it was 347 during his time in Tennessee. He cut down a little bit to 333, which I think that's a more sustainable weight. Uh, Maybe you could cut down a little more to like 320, 325. Uh, But yeah, the power stands out and he maximizes that really well with just a nasty demeanor, you know, especially in the run game you're going to see a guy who's willing to bury guys into the dirt. And that's something that Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, they're trying to establish that kind of culture. Guys who are going to play to the whistle, going to block their asses off. And I think Darnell Wright's going to be one of those guys. And he's not, he's not an elite athlete at offensive tackle. Like I think Broderick Jones is more athletic in terms of blocking on the move in terms of his acceleration to the second level. But Right for his size is a very good athlete. Obviously, he tested very well. He's got nice burst uh, coming into his pass sets. So uh, I think he has the potential to be a very good player. Uh, obviously, he's not a perfect prospect. I mean, I guess you could say uh, I do think that, you know, hand placement can be a little bit of a, an inconsistency in his game sometimes. Uh, redirectability is, you know, it's decent. It's not elite, but. All told, I think this is a guy who's going to start from day one. He's someone who's going to hold down that right tackle spot. And I'm I'm very interested in seeing how he performs for Chicago. Yeah, look, I, I think you're 100% right. I mean, I think he's he's plug and play. The fact that Braxton Jones, and, and that's the one thing. Let's let's talk about that really quick before we kind of get into right on this offensive line. You know, yeah. you talk about, you know, Broderick Jones and, and even Paris Johnson and some of these other guys. These are guys that are projecting on the left side. So if you, if you brought in one of those types, you know, now you've got Braxton Jones, which one are you moving to right tackle? You're creating kind of a potential for more of an issue there uh, in terms of, you know, plug and play, so to speak, you're going to have, you know, sometimes muscle memory is difficult for, especially at the tackle position, swinging over to the opposite side. So do you think uh, in terms of, I, I know you said you had Broderick Jones, a scotch higher. 
But yeah. the fact that right is a natural right tackle and the Bears had a right tackle need, do you think that that helps and that kind of, you know, closes the gap even more? Or are you not concerned about that type of thing when you're talking about rookies and young players? You know, I do think that certainly helps. I don't think that's the end all be all when you're evaluating positions. Uh, but I do certainly think it helps that Darnell Wright is a natural right tackle. I mean, he has starting experience at both tackle spots, but again, right tackle is where he ha- he made his money, you know, proverbially, uh, hypothetically speaking. I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll run with uh, it. Yeah, we'll go along with it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I do think that helped out a lot. And, you know, exactly like you said, you know, muscle memory is huge for an offensive lineman. It's, it's tougher. It's easier said than done to be able to switch from left tackle to right tackle, from left guard to right guard. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that. So I think that might have played a part. Uh, I think Broderick Jones could have been a fine right tackle. I think he could have, you know, definitely done the job well. He would have been a good fit in the system. But I guess it is a safer pick taking Darnell Wright, a guy who, you know, has better play strength than a guy who has that pure right tackle experience. Now, you, you, we, we, we agree. Darnell Wright is kind of plug and play. You know, when we get to OTAs here in a little bit, he is probably going to be with the ones, you know, if not, he's with the twos, he's going to move into those ones pretty quickly. Yeah. Kind of Larry Borum and, and the other tackle positions they have. Are you enough of a fan of Wright? Are you comfortable with the idea that they have their starting right tackle where they don't need to go out and get a veteran, whether, you know, they keep Larry Borum as their swing tackle. Are you that comfortable with Wright? week one, you know, September, whatever it's going to be right. Starting at right tackle. Yeah, no, I'm pretty confident with that. Uh, I think that he, he's shown the capabilities of being able to play at a very high level against elite talent. I mean, as, especially the Alabama game, we're looking at Will Anderson. He's, you know, rushing the edge against Darnell, right? Right. Shut him down. Dallas Turner, who's a guy who's probably going to be a first round pick in 2024, just, you know, off this, my very early evaluations, you know, he made little noise against Darnell Wright whenever he lined up against him. So I think he's someone who's going to start right away. Looking at that defensive line, uh, I think it, it's definitely an issue. There's some solid defensive linemen, some veteran edge rushers still available. I think that's where you'd be better off allocating some of your post-draft money, uh, at least in my opinion. So I'd be, I'd be more than comfortable with keeping Wright at right tackle and I guess to have him compete with Larry Borum, you know, and uh, whatever. Uh, but I think that really it's going to be right who should start from day one. And I don't think there's necessarily a need to spend higher end money, or at least what's considered higher end money this late in the process on a free agent offensive tackle. Uh, and, you know, a couple more on right, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the uh, this this mini Bears banter with Jacob and Fonte. Yeah. You know, the, the, I was talking to EJ Snyder before the draft. He was on the podcast, and, and I was kind of talking about if Darnell Wright is the guy, the, the kind of the one thing that I really like is, like you talked about, the, how he can neutralize, neutralize edges, his pass-blocking ability. And, and we, we always hear about the left tackle being, you know, the, the blind tackle, you know, the blind spot tackle and, and the importance of that. And that's kind of changing with how everyone kind of QBs move around the pocket. And for me, Justin Fields, he's naturally going to be rolling out to the right side when they move him around. That's going to be his natural way to move when he does that. And having right over there and being able to 
you know, what he can do neutralizing players and kind of getting out in space and still being able to do that and give fields time to kind of move the pocket, move to the right, roll out and find guys. I love that fit in this offensive line that you're going to have a guy with this kind of pass blocking resume on the right side. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think in, in my time watching Tennessee's offense, which you've got such a talented group, obviously, you know, I'm going to spend time in my pre-draft evaluations watching a good amount of Tennessee's offense. Uh, you see Hendon Hooker, who, you know, on tape, he's an above average athlete of the quarterback position. There are instances, you know, he tended to roll out or scramble or move to the right. And Darnell Wright proved to be more than capable of handling that, whether it's uh, just simply burying guys into the dirt, whether it's adjusting his his base, adjusting his footwork or rolling his hips through contact. Uh, he's more than capable of helping out uh, a scramble. I don't, I don't want to say a scrambling quarterback because I don't think Hendon Hooker is necessarily that. I just think he's a quarterback who can scramble. And uh, I, I think that's going to help Justin Fields a lot. I think that's going to help this Bears offense a lot. Just having a true stalwart at offensive tackle, a guy I think you're not going to beat him with power. I mean, if anything, you'll beat him with speed. But when you have Justin Fields at quarterback, you have someone who can outrun those edge rushers 99 times out of 100. So honestly, I'm not too worried about any potential issues with Wright. I know, you know, like I mentioned, lateral quickness, not elite. It's, it's solid. And I think that's really all you need. Uh, when you have that much strength, when you're that powerful, when you have that sturdy of a base and when you're refined in terms of your weight distribution like that. So I'm not worried about any uh, potential scheme misfit with him. I think he's someone who's going to uh, blend in and fit in right away. All right. And and last thing for you, you know, we, we talked about obviously a very skilled pass blocker. I, you know, I talked about how, you know, think there's some things to iron out in the run game. Obviously the, the bears and, and poles and Eberflus and Getzi are, are comfortable with him in their run scheme. How do you think rights translates and, and how do you think he fits in terms of how the bears like to run the football? Well, I'm just going to say, I think that first of all, having Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright on the same offensive line, that's just nasty USA. Uh, <laughs> You know, whatever happens with Tevin, uh, regardless, I think, you know, you have him at one of the guard spots, you have Darnell Wright at right tackle, uh, and then Nate Davis, you know, at the other guard spot. I think that's definitely a good foundation. And then Braxton Jones at left tackle showed some serious promise. But as for the offense itself, I do expect to see maybe a bit more wide zone than what we saw last year. But again, you're looking predominantly at generating movement at the point of attack. And that's what we saw a lot of with the Bears offensive line. That's why it did well in the run game. And I expect Darnold Wright to fit right in because there are so many instances on tape where he's pushing guys and he's just driving them and driving them and pushing them back. Uh, and I think that's going to make him a really good fit in the run game for Chicago right away. Uh, and especially for a guy that big, if you you know accelerate well for that size, that's going to be so much momentum and it's going to be very difficult to stop him uh, in the run game. So I think pass protection, I think that's a must and that's something you have to really, really value here. But I think it's also an added bonus in the run game that I think he's a good fit. 
All right, Bears fans, Jacob Infante is going to be with me all day tomorrow as well. Bears have a bunch of picks in, in round two. Who knows? They might, uh, and, and round three, they might pick up another one. You never know with a, with a little bit of a trade back or a little maneuvering. We know Ryan Poles clearly has no problem doing that. So we will be breaking down round two picks. Before I let you go, Jacob, since you were kind of putting together that offensive line, you know, we got Davis and, and Jenkins at the guards, Jones and Wright at the tackles, and right now, presumptively, Cody Whitehair at center. Are you comfortable with those five, or would you like to see an interior offensive lineman, a center taken tomorrow or maybe early on Saturday? I'm comfortable with that offensive line. I think for this year, I'd be fine with having Cody Whitehair at center. He's someone that, you know, maybe his best days are behind him, but he's not so much of a liability that I think you need to move on from him right away. I mean, you don't go creating holes that don't necessarily need to be created. And um, with that said, if a John Michael Schmitz falls in round two or Joe Titman's there or Luke Whipler out of Ohio state, he's someone maybe a little bit later than the other two, but uh, if you get, can get one of those guys, then I think, yes, you could consider cutting white hair, saving that money and trotting out a rookie at center or, you know, having him compete with Lucas Patrick or, you know, a long shot, but Doug Kramer. Uh, I'd be more than fine with that starting offensive line, though. That's starting five. Uh, I think that's a – it's a solid offensive Yeah, line. it's competent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, God knows how long since, what, 2018 maybe since the Bears have had that. So I think that would be – that would be huge. It's not elite by any means, but it, it's – NFL starting caliber and that's a that's a pretty big step up from what they had last year all right so there he is Jacob Infante make sure you catch him tomorrow on my podcast breaking down the second and third round picks he's a fan of the pick Darnell Wright at 10 for the Chicago Bears Jacob thanks so much we'll talk to you again soon awesome appreciate it all right that's going to wrap up Bears banter everyone we will talk to you tomorrow bear down adios